We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour. I'm Sharon Kleina. The show is about power of water and what is happening on the planet Earth and the solar system with water and the water that's the, and the, your humidity, the breath of life water. All the water is there to save lives and to save our planet Earth. And it sounds kind of corny sometimes because I keep bringing up the planet Earth. My whole research for all these years has been the whole Earth, not just one spot of, of the Earth. And several years ago, uh, I noticed that the National Geographic was coming out with water issues. But in 2010, they came out with a water issue, and it's an exciting issue if you Call, uh, call National Geographic ordered that particular last issue was in 2010. But this one, this was what was written by Barbara Kingsolver. Water is life. It's the briny, pardon me, it's the briny broth of all our origin, origins. The pounding circul- circulatory system of the world. I'm going to repeat this. It's so important. And Water is life. It's the briny broth of our origins, the pounding circulatory system of our world. We stake our civilizations on the coasts and the mighty rivers. Our deepest dread is the threat of having too little or too much. Now, that is something to stop and think about why we have the Power Water Radio Talk Show worldwide, and the world is listening. We have gained so much respect with our guests and people from all over the world who our special guests are. The the guests that you're going to be listening to today and then the guests we've had in the past that you can go in and and listen to that are on our archive, is they're all passion. They're all social entrepreneurs. They're all committed. There's not one that is making it just a hobby or a a, a lifestyle at the moment. They're committed, they've been with it, and they'll always be with it. I I can guarantee to you this is the type of guest we've had on. I want to thank World Talk Radio, Voice America, Apple iTunes, and Green Talk Network, our bloggers around the world, for making it possible for us to have a show that can go on the air live and then be on there for every day and have archives that never go away that you can come and listen to. Uh, the guests have been from all over the world. We've been in Kenya. We've been in Holland. 
We've been in Sweden. We've been all over the world, all through the United States, with subject matters of nutrition, how do you take better care of yourself, some of the herb, uh, herbs that are important to your health, to uh, organic farming, water issues and watershed directors around the world. Today we're having an exciting show. This one is the coming of what's coming of the future. We're having Michael Hasey, who's the co-owner of the fish, Farming Fish. Farming Fish. Now the topic is the Farming Fish Aquaponics. Aquaponics. What does that mean? And you're going to learn more. And trust me, that's the coming future of what is happening. I am so excited to have Michael on. Then we're having a special guest that we have on quite frequently, Dwayne Cecil, who is a Ph.D., advisor to NOAA. We're going to discuss the climate change and what was happening in one of the warmest months ever in January and water issues. And we've had Dwayne on discussing what NASA's been doing. So we're going to have a really good show today. This is exciting. This show, get your friends to come. Let's Twitter that the world is listening to the power of water, your health issues, and how the world can be involved in what makes everything a civilization of what life is. It's the water. Life is in the water. We're going to listen to our sponsor, which is sponsored by Biologic Aqua Research, which I am the founder of Biologic Aqua Research. The field of biologic research, aqua research is studying the behavior of understanding fresh water and the humidity and how important that is. And they have a product, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, is the first product to ever receive a patent with handheld humidity to be able to moisturize your eyes all natural. Did you know at the surface of your eyes are 99% water? And when the eye drop touches the surface of the tear film, the water, it changes something for that period of time until it begins to get itself rejuvenated and back to its normal acid mantle protection. Yes, it does. So I was brought in years ago to study that. And I, we determined and launched a product to be able to moisturize with tissue culture water, uh, just a mist to quench the eyes with this particular opportunity to benefit Water, to moisturize the eyes with all natural water. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with Just a Mist, and we'll be right back with Michael Hasey. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Michael, are you with us? Yeah, I sure am. Well, thank you for joining us today. And if I were, because of our technology, if I can get you to talk a little louder, I will appreciate it. And do you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you just fine. Good. Well, tell me about your background, and this is called the farming fish, and um, and it's aquaponics type of growing uh, fish and 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 produce together, but. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got into starting the, uh, uh, a business called The Farming Fish. Sure. Well, um, originally I was in the water management business, and I was taking care of um, lakes and streams, mostly for municipalities, but also mm-hmm. uh, smaller bodies of water such as koi ponds, um, the water hazards at golf courses, um, lily ponds at public public parks. Um, this was in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I started doing is building these filters, and I was calling them vegetative filtration. So what we would do is to um, circulate the water as well as filter the water for these uh, bodies of water, whether it's a, a, you know, a lake, a stream, a fish pond, or a wastewater treatment plant. We would run all the water through the plants, and the plants would... Um, catch and dissolve a lot of the nutrients. So you use the plants as your filter system. Exactly. Okay, uh, I'm glad I asked that because it sounded like you created a filter of what people's minds might be thinking about a water filter. You created a um, ability for the plants to do the filtering. Exactly. I Did you use any was, rocks to help that too? Um, yeah, but the rocks were more of just um, a media to hold the plants in place okay, until okay. they took, took root. Okay. Um, so the plants would grow so thick, um, they would essentially just create a mat in their root structure. Uh-huh. And uh, I was calling this vegetative filtration. Um, there's also a term when you move the water, um, you know, across soil, not in a man-made environment, to filter the water. Um, mm-hmm. They call that bioremediation. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it, I was calling it vegetative filtration since it, I was specifically filtering the water or a body of contained water. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, was building these all over the place and lecturing on them, and I had even written about them in a few trade magazines. And, um, and then I started practicing it um, on my own using uh, plants, uh, food plants, like fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And um, I was getting great results. And then through my research, I came across um, a professor that was teaching at the University of the Virgin Islands. And they coined up the term aquaponics in the, in the early 70s. Okay. So that's Now, when... today, though, you are doing something. And I will share with you something, Michael. One of the reasons I was really excited to have you on and what you, you and your partner are doing there is I believe this is the, with my research over 32 years and the water, this is the future of what is going to be gone, becoming very exciting throughout the world, um, is using this also as ability to grow 
and uh, have healthier control, quality control. You will be using fields, yes. Uh, um, organic farming means, as you know, and the world needs to hear that you don't need to, if you or, uh, organic farmers around the world are learning how to use the least amount of water by the tilling of the soil and taming, changing that soil periodically through the season. But you're coming up with now fish, let's call, can I call it fish farming to start with? But it's called the farming fish. But again, tell the audience what you decided to do and it's, you're now developing it as of March. Well, uh, we decided to launch this in a, in a system that's designed to feed a larger amount of people. Um, and we're one of the few commercial um, commercial aquaponic systems in the U.S. There's only a handful of us. Uh, most people are practicing this on a, you know, more of a backyard scale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to kind of accent on what you, what you were saying, it's estimated by 2050 that um, we'll be consuming twice as much food and we'll also be using twice as much water. So with aquaponics, especially in a commercial scale, it's uh, it really helps that situation because it only uses one-tenth of the water of traditional farming in the soil, um, whether that be organic or, um, you know, just um, how we are currently doing things now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I really believe that this could solve a lot of our, our hunger problems as well as our uh, water problems. And well, the other thing, uh, uh, Michael, together. we've had a lot of people on here about discussing and providing education about nutrition. Our, our nutrition habits, Michael, will be changing. There's sure going to be a so. new culture out there that says, I want to live healthy. I don't want to run to the medicine cabinet for everything. I don't want to blame my doctor for my ailments and run to the doctor so quickly. They're going to want to have education provided thanks to the Internet and social media. They're going to want to have the education available to be healthier. What you're doing is offering a healthier method for nutrition. Now, um, tell our audience what you're doing. Um, exactly what we're doing is we are creating the marriage of hydroponics and aquaculture. Hydroponics is a practice of growing uh, plants in a soilless environment directly in the water. Um, now, is that in, in greenhouses? Uh, it's it's done in this area. It's mostly done in greenhouses. In the tropics, mm-hmm. uh, they do it, you know, right outside. Uh-huh. Um, so the problem how, is... How, lot, how big is your greenhouse? Uh, our greenhouse is 30 feet wide and 265 feet long. That's roughly 5,000 square feet. Okay, and then your goal in there, and when you, now I need to tell you, I've had a, a, a gentleman uh, from New York who uh, does uh, hydroponic growing of produce uh, by thousands and thousands of square feet in New York. And uh, he gets, he's, I think he sells ex- just to the restaurants his produce. So you're going to be doing what kind of produce? Uh, we're going to be doing mostly leafy grains. To start, we're going to have five different varieties of head lettuce. Okay. But um, we're going to venture into other things uh, after we get established. Uh-huh. Um, now tell them what, what about the uh, fish you're doing. What's the name of the fish? The fish we're doing is tilapia. Tilapia? Um, yeah. Now different. isn't that, I was so fascinated with that, Michael. Why did you choose tilapia? 
Well, they um, they have a really good growth rate, and they metabolize our food really, really well. Huh. And um, they do well in, in semi-dense stocking densities, okay. which is really important for us because the difference between us as uh, practitioners of aquaponics opposed to hydroponics or aquaculture, aquaculture uh-huh. would be just fish, um, uh-huh. is that we need our, our fish to be able to metabolize our food and pass our food fairly quickly uh-huh. and, and get it to the plants where it gets digested and uh-huh. filtered and um, soluble as a nutrient to the plants. So in tilapia, now, is there another type of fish that can do this too, or is this the one you found that you like the best? I like it the best because, one, I enjoy eating it. It's becoming oh, it's really, delicious. really popular yeah. in the States, yeah. and um, China holds like 90% of the market, and I kind of wanted to be able to offer a local product. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's pros and cons with all the different fish as well as the plants mm-hmm. because you have to have – well, let's see. For instance, trout. Um, there are people using trout in aquaponics, but generally it doesn't work so well because the trout need pr- uh, pristine and really cold water. I was going to say, is there something there that would have to go, because I'm, I'm going to bring my dehydration research background into this conversation. Is it possible that you don't want a fish that has too much oil to put too much oil in the water? Um, or is yeah, it the other way? Um no, that there is some fish that don't really put off nutrients that are so great for the plants. Okay, so this particular fish is uh, um, not as it doesn't put as much oil into the water. That's correct. Okay. And then there's something. This is a living biological system, so um, you know. Now, you okay, want so let's a paint the of... picture for your audience worldwide to hear. So you've got it in the greenhouse. And then what is your, when, if I walked in there, what, do, you, do you have tables that have the hydroponic flow of water moving uh, through there? How does, what does it look like? Okay, so if you walked in the door, the first thing you'd see would be um, six above-ground fish tanks. Okay. And we have six tanks because it takes about six months for our fish to get to a marketable size. Okay. And so we're able to stock and harvest one tank every month. That's really important in a living system because all the plants depend on the nutrients that are provided by the fish. So then you walk past these six fish tanks and you see two hydroponic runs. We're using what's uh, most commonly referred to as raft culture, but our hydroponic runs, they kind of like look like raised bed planters that you'd see in a garden. Okay. Only they're 12 feet wide and 192 feet long. So, and is that water moving, flowing? Yes, we have one pump that um, moves the water into the fish tanks. The water um, is gravity fed. Okay, so it's recycling through your uh, up above the ground um, um, tables, uh, and it's going recycling back into the fish tank and out again. Exactly. So the water okay. is, is referred now to. How many fish can you ha- do you have in your tank? Um, well, there's, uh, let's see, so, uh, I'd say about six or 700 fish to a tank. But How many? They're, all, they're all different sizes. How many? About six to 700 to a tank, and we have six Oh, tanks. between six and 700 fish per tank? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but they're all different sizes. I mean, they go uh-huh. in at about two inches. 
Okay. And then uh, they grow up to about two pounds um, at their largest size. And then and 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 then you um, now okay now I'm coming along with what you're why they're calling it the fish farm farming yeah, fish. Yeah, we call it the farming fish. The farming fish. Because the fish in our eyes are actually doing the farming. They're doing the farming. They're okay, the one that doing, yeah, t- they thank enable you for all the plants me. to exist. Okay. Now, the plants that you're starting out with are uh, different kinds of lettuces. Now, when you, you're going to sell this. And uh, are those sitting in little r- r- rings of uh, each one has its own little uh, spot that goes down into like a ring uh, along the uh, tables? Um, no. In our... Um in our in our hydroponic runs, um, they're they're essentially about a foot deep, okay. and it's just a body of water. Okay. And then we have these uh, what we call rafts or four by eight sheets of polystyrene. Okay. And we've drilled holes in these rafts, mm-hmm. and the lettuce just have these little net pots, and they go into the holes. No, so rafts. each one has its own little uh, spot, or yeah, do they all sharing uh, along the line? Uh, they're they're all sharing the same body of water, but there's a four by eight okay. raft, and okay. so there's um, there. So how long does it take you to grow a, a, a lettuce per per lettuce head? Let's call it per. What would you call that? Uh, they go, uh, yeah per per head lettuce. It takes okay, about, how much is it? How long does it take to grow uh, each one? I'd say generally from seed to harvest about six weeks. Okay. okay. Which is really fast. And you're about ready to go you're about ready to harvest. Uh yeah, we're getting we're getting pretty close. Yeah. Um, so this system we're the larger system we're building now is um is just just we're just finishing construction with that. I, I am have, so excited for you and um yeah, and uh, your partner um Olivia. Um mm-hmm. I want to tell you, I think you're on to something that I truly believe is a huge development uh, for the future for both of you as a business social entrepreneur, business person. Um, And don't forget what I just said. You can look that up on the web. Social entrepreneurs, people are looking at them to put investments in because they're making the world a better place. Uh, Yes, and um, it's huge. And the world out there has been uh, waiting for people to be creative. It's kind of like today the high-tech business, uh, whether the technology be the equipment or be what uh, the social media became with Google and Yahoo and Bing and uh, Facebook and whatever it may be called out there. Uh, there's a technology between the Gates Group, the IBM Group, and more Apple. But then there's also this other side of of the of the conversation with social media that became very exciting as the world. But you come along with the food we eat. The food we eat has got to be thought out so carefully because I have doctors that are out there studying as we speak in different universities and not in universities, still doctors who are studying seriously that food is changing people's health. You can go in with rheumatoid arthritis. You can go in with a heart disease. You can go in with macular degeneration, whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden they're suggesting you change your diet, get away from all those calories, get away from the sugar, get away from the fat, uh, start getting into fresh raw vegetables, get into the fresh foods that don't come from so far away. And they're finding, Michael, that people are getting better. 
Yeah. By changing the diet. And what you're doing is adding to the world a better place to choose from, healthier. Everybody's always known that water is a miracle. I, I'm uh, one of those for years, along with many other wonderful people out there in the world who said water, 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 fresh water is vital and for life and the humidity in the water uh, and the humidity is vital for breath of life to live. But what you're doing is you're taking it to a world to people start understanding and going to the Internet and learning about your company, the farming fish, the farming fish. Now, when you start harvesting and you're going out, where are you going to sell it? Uh, well, we're going to try to um, have our local community consume it all. Um, the, you know, Keeping it close to home. Yeah, we're trying to keep Healthier it as for the, close them to home and as possible. You can reproduce. Now, we uh, encourage all of our customers to come out to the farm and buy it directly from us. Okay, now when your customers come to the farm and buy, is that the ones that are going back out and selling it in uh, in the uh, in the all natural food markets or in the farmers markets, or are you selling to the consumer one on one, or you're not going to allow them to come? You're just going to be selling to people who are going to sell. Uh, No, we're going to go to all the local farmers markets. Okay. And uh, not only are we going to be able to provide our food there, but we'll also, you know, be able to share with them exactly what we're doing because yeah. I think it's really important for people to know where their food's coming from. Right. The closer I could get my customers to their food, the happier I'll, I will get because, oh. you know, it, it's so true mm-hmm. that you are what you eat. And, you are and, what you eat. And, and, and I'm going to add best? one more, Michael, how much water you're drinking a day. Plain yep. water, no added ingredients, up to 8 to 10 glasses of water. Water is a solvent. Yeah. And it's, and it's, the, it's the energizer. It's the everything. I don't know if you heard me discuss what was in the National Geographic earlier, but life is water. Yeah. And 100% percent though. not added, added flavors and, and nothing added in it. It's not the juice in the water. It's not the, all this other stuff. It's the water. And I do drink tea in the morning, and I drink a sip it through the day. Uh, it's got water, I know, but uh, I do still drink my eight to ten glasses of water a day. Well, the same goes for, you know, the food you eat, too. It's really important that, you know, if you eat meat, that that livestock is drinking good water, that your vegetables healthy, are consuming Healthy, good quality water. growth of animals to eat yeah. for, your, you know, for your protein and your nutrition. That's why even Walmart has said through the past two to three years, they're going to start looking for um, produce and, and food closer to their stores because they feel that it might be a, a, a much healthier and the quality control could be controlled easier if it's closer to the stores. Yeah, and it might even help their bottom line. Oh, I think it will everybody's bottom line in America. I think I'm going to put a prediction out there. Uh, I'm an analyzer in my, what I do, but I think America will show the world how to do the food. I think we're coming on within directions of taking the old world style and bringing it to fruition in America, and I think America is going to show the world how to produce food healthier and get into a new culture of quality and making sure that we don't have to run to the doctor with every bit of our uh, symptoms, that we can go to the Internet, learn how to eat healthier, uh, learn what the herbs are, and learn more about our own personal choices Michael, have you ever stopped to think of what your true freedom really is to you personally? It's your mind, the way you want to free to think. So your choices are free to you to think. 
how do you want to do certain things for yourself? And Olivia, uh, it, it's a freedom that is offered to us here in America that is beyond the whole world to imagine. So you get up in the morning and you get to go freely, make up a choice of how you're going to live your lifestyle much freer than anywhere in the world. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you are an entrepreneur. You're one of those what I call social entrepreneurs. You want to make the world a better place, but you're willing to educate it. Now, we only have about four minutes left. Tell us about what are you planning on. You're, you've got about six to 800 uh, fish per tank, and you're going to be selling the fish, and you're going to be selling the produce at Harvest. How often do you think you'll be recycling? How to keep, You'll be able to keep up with the cycle for the demand. Uh, yes, we definitely um, will be able to keep up with the demand. Good. Um, and, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. We have people knocking on our door for our products already. <laughs> well, thanks you know, to that. Uh, and don't, and I, do you have anybody among you that's really good at social media? Don't forget social media is a big deal, Michael, for you to get your word out there and your community and and uh, yeah, the farmers markets and the markets you're selling it. It's a big. Uh, it's a. Our company is going to be uh, bigger and bigger in social media. Uh, to me, it's the. I'm, I love to educate you. And if you've noticed on the show today, I'm educating you. You're educating me. We're like in a laboratory of conversation. And to me, social media is a laboratory of conversation. How do I want to be healthier? And and there's so many symptoms out there that are taking people's life that maybe could be corrected and slowed down while they're trying to figure out what to do if they get into fresh food, quality control food, good sleep, healthy drinking water. Do you see these people getting away from the medicine cabinet? And the poor doctors all these years, Michael, have been put to test, but they're in liability insurances because they're supposed to have all the answers. When you go in with a symptom of a runny nose, Michael, how long did you have the runny nose before you went to your doctor? <laughs> so what you're doing to offer people a new choice is what they're going to eat. Definitely. And Now, when you start gra- graduating on to another one other than lettuce, what is your second plan? What is your other plan? It's really going to be whatever my customers demand. Aha, uh-huh. smart businessman. Good. Uh, that's good growth. And that's what I'm passionate about growing, whatever people would like to eat. Um, you know, I have my limitations. I wouldn't want to grow anything that's going to hurt hurt the people, but I'm passionate about giving things that are going to allow them to grow. Yeah. Now, when you sell your produce, does it come with a root at the bottom? Well, yeah, uh, they buy even the roots. I bought in the markets uh, when you buy the lettuce where the roots are still at the bottom. Is yours mm-hmm. going to still have the roots or are you going to cut it off? Um, it really depends on the consumer, but we're going to first offer it with the roots on. They refer to that as living okay. lettuce. Okay. There's benefits to that because it keeps a lot longer. Um, you could just, you know, fill up a little container and with um, with water and throw it on your counter, and the lettuce will continue to grow. Oh, wonderful. Oh, they'll like that too. Okay, we we are out of time, so tell us how to find your website. Um, just go to www.thefarmingfish.com. Or you could search us on Facebook, um, The Farming Fish. Okay. The Farming Fish on Facebook. And uh, I encourage anyone out there with an interest to to give us a ring or send us an email. And please like us on Facebook and participate participate on that page. Feel free to post your interest or your comments or your concerns. 
Yeah, I hope you can get, we'll maybe exchange with you so some of my audience can follow you too. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Well, Michael, tell Olivia I said hello. Uh, bless you for both what you're doing and, and have an exciting new future. This, the harvest is coming in March, right? Definitely. Okay. Well, you have a nice day, and I hope you can come on again. I would be happy to. You have okay. a nice day Oh, and day by the well. way, you're in southern Oregon. I sure am. Okay. You have a nice day, and be well. Okay. Thank you. Good luck. Bye-bye. Wow. Isn't that fun? to think about what is happening here with our diets and our futures and our nutrition. Just remember, when you get out of bed in the morning, the nutrition that you have is your whole day and your health. So just think that way, how you sleep, how you drink enough water. Water is always the solvent of everything, but with added ingredients, it doesn't have the same ability to be the solvent. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Dr. Dwayne Cecil. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dwayne, are you with us? I am. Okay, our second guest is Dwayne Cecil. He's PhD. He's advisor to NOAA, been with NASA. And uh, now you're heading several states in uh, studying water. And I welcome you back. I always look forward to having you on. You're a wonderful guest. Uh, tell us about what is happening out there. We've been talking about water with your background in the past. Let's do a little bit of w- w- some water, and then we'll come into what you discussions about some of the warmest climate that we've had in the last month. Yeah, it's great to be back on. It's uh, been a few well, I months. Mi- by the way, I missed you. <laughs> yeah, same here. Really missed the program, and uh, thanks for for being patient in the move. I, as you know, I retired from federal service on December 31st after 31 years with NASA, NOAA, and, and U.S. Geological Survey, and now work for a private company called Global Science and Technology. Okay. And we are a contractor to NOAA at the National Climatic Data Center in Asheville, mm-hmm. North Carolina, where I head up the. Uh, satellite climate data record program where we're trying to get a, a global look over the last 30 or 40 years, depending on the satellite oh, data set, try to get a global work a look at what's happening with 
climate variability and change and, and changes in water resources and vegetative cover on, on the earth's surface and our oh, ice wonderful. caps and oh, snow caps. And, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great Now, where, are you, where is it located? It's in Asheville, North Carolina, in western North Carolina. In the, oh, are you you're in North Carolina now? I am. Oh my goodness! Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm uh, living in a little town called Maggie Valley. It's about thirty miles west of Asheville. Now uh, I had on my show Dwayne in North Carolina, where the uh, Biltmore Estate. Yep. Are yeah, you very far right. from there? That's right, Nashville. Okay, because I we had them on our show. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's no, that's right here in Asheville. Okay. So this yeah, we is, had the the whole background, and and it was just fascinating to hear it. But again, tell us about what the company you're with, Global Science and Technology. Uh, how how long have they been in business? Um, they've been in business for about 20 years now. It's a spinoff company from NASA's Goddard um, Space Center in Maryland. Uh huh. It's about 200 employees, and really. Mm-hmm concentrating on providing uh, technical support to NASA and NOAA mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on a contract side. And, and this program here that I'm heading up now is, is, again, the Satellite Climate Data Record Program, trying to help NOAA and the National Weather Service uh, build from long-term satellite records a, a more quantitative, more defensible, scientifically defensible mm-hmm. view of, of how the the face of the earth and the atmosphere are changing over the last 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and people think, well, then I can get up in the morning and decide what to wear, but there's so much more to this. It uh, has a lot to do with industry, agriculture, uh, for them to be able to do their work and, and have people like yourself giving them forecasts. Absolutely. And, and what we're finding more and more, especially in the western United States, what we're finding is that Water purveyors and and ranchers and western governors and people have to make decisions on on large uh, tracts of land and and on mm-hmm. um, huge res- reserves of natural resources. More and more, they want ninety day to two year seasonal forecasts, and we don't have right. a lot of skill doing that right now. And so we're trying to to look at the thirty forty year satellite data we have and and try to get a better handle on. Something I hope that you predict? guys can add to that in time is you're also giving re- forecast results for research in different universities and medical universities, and like myself, that I study dehydration, and I'm a believer that the humidity of the air, the water and the temperature of the air, and the pollution of all that air called humidity is changing, is causing a lot of these symptoms, and we're not learning how to live in that air we're breathing. And those changes, and that's why I've been able to prove, without a doubt, the long-term future never going to change. That if we don't start studying from the moment that baby was born in that delivery door room indoors, they're no longer around water anymore. They're living in that humidity in that delivery room that's all insulation, artificial lighting, and they walk. They begin their lives that there's a forecast there of watching the dehydration, the water level, the moisture level of each human being, and how are they going to live with that humidity if there's something affecting them no different than the soil and no different than anything else you're studying. No, that's right. That's correct. You know, if you look at the the earth as, as a basketball and our atmosphere, 
on that basketball is is the thickness of a sheet of paper stretched over the basketball, and that's what we have for atmosphere, and that's it. And right. when we impact that, you know, it, it it has impacts on a global scale. And there's right. so many humans now and and impacting that atmospheric skin on the basketball. Exactly. Uh, we're affecting the weather and affecting the climate, and we're we're just not sure how we're doing that. But the well, data we'll learn. We'll learn. That's the excitement of this new. Uh, movement is don't we could never know enough people like yourself and myself i go into meetings duane and i often will say and people are a little surprised i'll say well i'm not smart i have so much to learn but that's the excitement of all this who knows enough then you'll run into some people who want to be very like uh, put on this uh, f- a, f- a facial of i know i know i know i know and that's tough to study with because everything changes throughout the moment. And uh, are we ever learning that about our technology out there with the social media and more? Well, that algorithm, Dwayne, is everything there is to do with life on Earth. Call, they call it algorithm, but that's the rhythm of all of life. Yep. Yeah, it's what really you're doing. Is. Now, tell us what you found out about January of 2012 uh, was one of the warmest of climates. Well, we've been keeping records since 1901, and, and look at a we look at a long-term average 1901 to the year 2000. And this past January was the fourth warmest January on record, compared to that long-term average of 99 years from 1901 to 2000. Mm-hmm. So over the same 110-year period from 1901 through 2011. This past January was the fourth warmest on record. So in, in about 110 Januaries, this was the fourth warmest. It was about um, five, a little more than five degrees Fahrenheit above that long-term 99-year average. So it's extremely warm. But you know, on the same hand, you, this is in the, the lower 48 United States. You look at Alaska, and it's one of the coldest months, one of the coldest Januaries with the, one of the largest accumulations of snow on record where the continental United States we've we've been warm and dry. Mm-hmm. So it's it's again this this thin skin of an atmosphere around this basketball and we use that analogy in the in the paper thin mm-hmm. atmosphere as energy builds up in that paper thin atmosphere the, the the earth moves that energy around by by weather, by winds and storms. And so if it's warm and dry somewhere it's going to be cold and wet somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Try to balance that energy in that in that paper thin atmosphere. Now, countries like uh, Russia and China and different other countries and Australia uh, have they have you what, what have have you been able to understand what is happening there with their climate changes? Um, especially, you know, Australia is is one that that I've been watching for some years now. They they just recently went through 13 years of extreme drought. Mm-hmm. And here in the last two years now, they've had excessive flooding in, in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. So things are, are definitely cyclic. And, and so a lot of the um, naysayers that don't like to talk about global warming, and I really don't think it's global warming we ought to be talking about. We ought to be talking about global change of all kinds. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, in fact, I was a little disturbed when it all began as a whatever, whatever it began. It made billions for some people. But it, I was wishing they would call it global climate changing because our Earth has been changing from day one. It has, and, and a lot of it's natural, and, and it is cyclic. 
And there are some, I, I, I'm a firm believer in the 30 plus years of data that I've looked at, especially in, in mega cities of 5 million people or more, that humans definitely affect the climate and, and the environment around those large mega cities. And so I think that there are some human drivers. Now, are there human drivers on a global scale? We're still looking at the data to try to determine that. But I think that, you know, we're over 7 billion souls now and headed for 9 billion by the year 2035 with huge impacts on, on the environment and natural resources, particularly water supplies. And is water supplies, fresh water supplies of, of the quality that we need dwindle and become less and less available and our population grows, the challenges are going to be huge, and it and it's, goes way beyond weather and climate. Well, I think we need to be a little uh, maybe blunt about the challenges huge. We know why Yemen has had village uh, wars going on for so long, because of lack of water. They just don't talk about it. And different countries of the world, the, the, the wars that have been going on among the tribes in different villages and different country, countries between countries and countries was concern about the fear of not having water. Yeah, and it, it really does, if you look back at human history, it, it drives how civilizations are built, it, yeah. uh, how countries are, are developed. And every time I, as you know, my my last position with NOAA as the Western Region Climate Services Director, I worked often with the Western Governors Association, and every gov- governor of every Western state, whether they're independent, Democrat, or Republican, every one of them, the, the top priority is water for development, whatever their state is. Yeah. Yeah, talk about what they want for their communities, each one of those elected officials. Uh, they know without water the community is going to be devastated and the economy begins to dwindle. And they'll move to other states where there's water. That's right. Yeah. Um, so we've had a warm trend going on in 48 states and a cold trend going on in Alaska. Now, tell me the difference between the 48. Now, we, are not, we don't have a lot of population in the United States. And so we cannot say right? it's so so much our population or a, a global global warming because or global climate change because of man-made so much because you can drive through our country and you don't see hardly any smoke in the air anywhere anymore. Uh, that has been um, challenged uh, to, to for people to have under uh, regulations uh, to not have as much industrial uh, waste and smoke in the air and more. And uh, what are you finding uh, here in the United States? Would you just say that's a global climate change that's going, that's affecting us from because of other parts of the world? Oh, it absolutely is. And, I, you know, you're, you're really right about in the developed countries of the world, if you look at the size of the continental United States, the lower 48 states, it's about the same size as mainland China. And our population is, including Alaska and Hawaii, is 300 million. And their population is a billion three hundred million. So imagine you're in Grants Pass, Oregon, correct? Right. What's the population of Grants Pass, Oregon? Oh, I'm embarrassed. I think it's around sixty thousand. Okay, well take take that times four, take it up to a quarter of a million people, mm-hmm. and that's what Grants Pass would be in China, comparably. And you could do that with every one of our cities and every one of our states. You know, take the population times four in the same space. 
mm-hmm. and think about that what kind of impact that would have on water resources, on food resources. And and that country is facing that those kinds of challenges now, and they want to live a Western lifestyle like Americans, like Europeans. And so they are developing their economy, they're developing and using their natural resources, and that impinges on the environment of the globe. Mm-hmm. And you add India to the equation, who is attempting to do the same kind of a thing with over a billion people. And when you start looking at it on a global scale, even though we have uh, some regulations in place in this country that have slowed down some of those impinges and perturbations on the environment, those countries do not. Mm-hmm. have environmental protection agencies and 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 you know that's one of the reasons uh, when I was watched the economy and the business trends of America here uh Dwayne we've got to get our we got to get our economy back to where we're independent of our healthy futures here because if we don't we're then not going to be able to afford to pay for the, the for all the reasons that we need to be doing studies like yours, uh, understanding uh, the wealth of the, what, the United States, the North America side of us here. We do, we're not overly populated. Canada isn't, we're not, and Mexico really isn't. There's a lot of land here in North America. Uh, they better get the economy figured out because when they were saying this last week, compared to Greece, what the challenges they're having with their economy but they're looking at us with that we have the least amount of population to pay off that deficit. Right. Yeah. And I our, think- our, we people don't realize that our population is not enormous to be able to each person be able to. Put, I don't care how long you'd live and how many of your generations could pay it off. The deficit is so serious that if we don't get that back into where we can control our destiny, we won't be able to pay to to uh, to, to work on these projects to have a healthier uh, lifestyle here in this country. We'll all of a sudden be coming from uh, behind uh, backwards. Well, I think that's coming. Uh, I mean, we have, I think well, we, we don't figure out that deficit, but we still have to keep up the research. I, I agree, but, and but it's I like think you because and I of the population, a few times on this show, uh, research cannot quit. No, it can't. It absolutely cannot. Especially applied research, not not research just to answer questions, but oh, right. research applied, to, yes. to address some societal challenge and societal. Well, we benefit. don't care how the turtle wants to go across the street. Exactly. There's things that we don't need to learn about today. Now, if we sometimes get, sometimes get the deficit so far down and everybody is getting a dividend from the government, in fact, I was hearing a, a report recently, and I've said this many times, Dwayne, can you imagine if we built up our agriculture resources, our natural energy resources, and all the things we could do, we'd probably have a wealth of income to where uh, each individual family will get a dividend, like up in, in Alaska. They each get a dividend, at the, I call it dividend, a check from the government because of their wealth of energy. Every state in this United States could be doing that, and then can you imagine their capital gains that year because they had to pay taxes on the income uh, based on the fact they got a dividend, and all of a sudden they paid taxes on that, and it's going back into paying toward the deficit. Um, but these things are so important. Uh, that's why this show, um, I've watched the response to this show and, and what people are so excited about coming in and listening to like we're a laboratory of conversation of what can we do to make a better place 
and, and, and pay it forward. Then I ran into what's called, Dwayne, social entrepreneurs. Well, every individual living on this earth could be a social entrepreneur if they wanted to get up every morning and do what is best for their lifestyle and everyone around them. Well, I think we all have, have to do that. Place. I think we all have to do that. And what, I, what I'd really like to participate in on, on your show from time to time, and we've only talked about it uh, briefly and, and only as parts of other shows, but I really think that we it would be great if we could devote a show to talking and get some experts on and talk about population control because we do not do that. And unless we get the global population under control, which is a huge challenge because now you're talking about organized religion and, and country policies that, that don't mix, but if we don't get the population under control, everything else that we do is, in my opinion, is going to be in vain because we're 7 billion people now and headed for 9 billion, and we're going to have to, to support 9 billion people on this planet. We're going to have to double food supply by 2035. How are we going to do that? Mm-hmm. Where are we going to get the energy resources? Where are we going to get the land, the fertile land? Where are we going to get the water? The okay, I'm out of time, food? but uh, I promise you I'll put the show together like that. In fact, I just brought in a new person in my company, and I know they can put a forum together on that. Um, It's a good way to go and get people proactively taking responsibility of their own freedom to think that way, being proactive. One of my pet words is proactive. Well, Dwayne, now where do they go to find uh, you now? Uh, Do you have a new website? Uh, We do have a new website. It's NOAA's Climate Data Record Program. So it's NOAA. Climate Data Record Program. Okay. And you'll okay. find the, you'll find us there. Well, okay, we'll have that show, and I'll get in touch with you and how we'll go about it. We'll do it very soon. Fantastic. Thank you for bringing that up. You have a nice day and be well. Hey, you too, and it's great to hear your voice. It's nice to hear you have you on again and hear your voice. Take care. You have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Wow, I do this quite commonly uh, with. What a subject matter we had today with Michael Hasey from Southern Oregon getting in the fish farming fish. We learned a lot about futures. And then we had Dwayne Cecil again, Ph.D., who's been with NASA and NOAA, and now he's with a new group called um, what, he's, what he's involved with a new research project with a new group called Global Science and Technologies in North Carolina. There's so much to learn. We can do it together. And that's what I want the radio show to do. And uh, we're soon going to be on for five years. I want you to, we're going to learn how to Twitter. We're going to learn how to Facebook. We're going to learn how to do forums. We're going to have a lot of fun. And when we get out there and start showing you how to take care of yourself, be proactive, enjoy your life as an individual on this earth, sounds a little corny sometimes, but it is the earth. And it is so much fun to get out of bed and think about your diet and think about how you're going to live your life that day. Lower the stress level. Learn how to live together, pay it forward, and then everybody becomes a social entrepreneur. Well, life has, Earth has a secret, as you've been learning about this show and learning to get to know me personally. Earth's secret means embrace your life, but also somebody else's life, pay it forward. But I believe Earth whispers to us that you never need to say goodbye, because if you don't say goodbye, you're going to leave that, pay it forward, for somebody else to learn from what you learned. And if somebody needs you and is having challenges with some of this, help them out. Go help them. Give back to somebody else who's in need. 
You know, all over the world, that what makes this world a better place is always pay it forward. But Earth is whispering, don't say goodbye. You leave your footprint, and that's what that means to me personally. I want to thank you for listening. I, it's an exciting show. Let's have fun learning the social media side of the show that's coming here soon. And I want you to be well. Thank you for listening. And Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinerHour.com.